stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Become increasingly common these days um, to, to see people driving around with dashboard cams. And it's pretty easy now to be driving around recording all of that and storing that information. Now, you see it like in countries like Russia, where it's widespread and, and people are doing it as a way of kind of protecting themselves. If something goes down, right, they have a record of what happened. And there's some logic to, to that here. So I think that's one of the reasons uh, why people do it. If there's some kind of accident or a dispute about what happened, uh, that we've got some video of, of what was happening on the road at that moment. Now, it can also be convenient that if that dashboard cam happens to capture some kind of criminal activity or something the police would be interested in, uh, that that information can be shared. Maybe that would be used as evidence in a criminal proceeding. The city of Calgary, or at least the Calgary Police Service, is looking at making it easier for people to supply that video directly to them. It can be tricky. I mean, you maybe have to go down and actually bring them the uh, the, the footage, bring them uh, the hard driver or something, or you know, people posting them on YouTube and having to direct police to, to the YouTube video. Uh, but police are considering a system that would allow for basically an online portal or hub where people could go and upload their videos directly to police. Now, there's a similar system that exists in the United Kingdom. So, sure, there's the ease, there's the convenience, but there's also the privacy concerns. What else are these dashboard cams capturing? I mean, if you've got hours and hours of video you're sending to police, what are they doing with that information? How long are they storing it for? How do we address uh, the privacy concerns? And if we're giving this information to police, is that much different than having city cameras everywhere? Is a tantamount to surveillance cameras? Joining us uh, for some thoughts, very pleased to welcome to the program Sharon Polsky, president of the Privacy and Access Council of Canada, also a director of the Rocky Mountain Civil Liberties Association. Sharon, great to have you with us here. Welcome to the program. Thanks. Great to talk to you again. Uh, so this does exist elsewhere. I mean, what, what are, are the concerns, though, about this kind of an approach? Oh, Rob, this is just such a little nightmare in the making. It, it's a problem being created because... I mean, technology is sexy, and privacy finally is sexy, but technology is not the silver bullet. Mm -hmm. The UK does have a system in place, and I can can understand it's across the country. It makes it easier if you have to report to a police department in a different area. So it puts the entire country on one system for reporting. It simplifies it. If Calgary's going to do that by itself and not share information then something that happens in Edmonton or Red Deer or Lethbridge, I mean, it's, it's easy enough to drive from one centre to the other, it's not going to be known in the other centres. So are they going to do it everywhere? If not, it's, uh, we become an island. In the UK, I, I chuckle because it was tested in Wales. Wales is the same place where their police is using facial recognition um, to monitor everybody. And they acknowledge that their facial recognition system has a 90% failure rate, a false positive failure rate, and they say that's perfectly fine because no technology is 100% accurate. Hmm. Doesn't give me a warm fuzzy. No, it certainly doesn't. 
Look, I mean, the reality is right now that a lot of people do have these dashboard cams uh, and, and they're out and they're recording uh, hours and hours of footage uh, as they drive all over the place. And there, there's nothing stopping people from turning that evidence over to police if they think they captured something that police would be interested in. People can, can already do that now. Well, certainly, except it's not evidence yet. It's a recording. And then there's the question of, is the camera functioning properly? So let's surrender that so the police can retain it and test it. Uh, surrender your video card so that it can be kept as part of evidence. Then it gets into court, and any decent defense lawyer worth his or her salt is going to start questioning the driver to say, is it accurate? Did you alter the image? Uh, have you tested it? Do we know that it's reliable? It'll get thrown out and in the meantime, clog the courts. That's just one of the issues. Uh, there's, of course, going to be a lot of people saying, we're already being watched all over the place. What's the big deal if you've done nothing wrong? Well, if you've done nothing wrong and you don't have a problem being watched, fine, but don't presume that everybody shares that view. A lot of people really do want to enjoy their own privacy, go about their day without having eyes watching them and piecing together their entire life. I mean, we saw the backlash when Facebook and Cambridge Analytica, uh, that problem came to light when uh, facial recognition being used in malls came to light. This is just another area that technology is being used for with the promise that it's going to help, but it does nothing to prevent crime. Well, what, what about the personal use then of these dashboard cams? If I have one in my vehicle and I'm out driving and it happens to capture video of you uh, out driving, I'm not necessarily violating your privacy by having no. that image, right? No, the laws don't talk about individuals. It's always in the context of commercial activity mm-hmm. or a public body. So a company can't go around and take your image and use your personal information without your prior consent except in very specific cases where consent isn't needed. But one person taking pictures of other people for no particular reason, usually it's because you've already had an accident. Your insurance company questioned it. You didn't have anything to show them, and it's his word against hers. And then you get the camera. So that if you have an accident again, you can provide that to your insurance company in the hopes that they'll, they'll defend your claim. Other than that, no. But the problem is these cameras take pictures of all sorts of things, mm-hmm. whether it's faces or activities. Uh, really and truly, I was driving to work uh, about three weeks ago, and there's a schoolyard that I have to pass by. There was a little boy uh, with his pants at his ankles, and he was peeing against the pole. Uh. The, the camera, I have one in my car. It captured that. Yeah. If there was an accident at the corner, am I going to actually send that tape to the police? And so, like, is it going to help? What are they going to do about the child? Is someone going to be questioned because a child was exposing himself? Because really, it it sounds silly, but that's the way it's going these days. Innocent, innocuous activities, uh, well-intentioned people question it and put other people under scrutiny for no good reason. And that, I think, is going to happen here as well. But if I capture a crime, if right in front of me somebody gets run off the road by another vehicle, am, mm-hmm. am I obligated to turn that over to police? No. Should, I mean, should I? <laughs> well, that's, a, that's an ethical and moral decision that each person has to make for themselves. 
You know, if you come upon somebody who is bleeding or is obviously injured, uh, as far as I know, you do not have an obligation, a legal obligation, to render assistance. If a, a, a member of law enforcement orders you to, then you have to follow the orders of a, a peace officer. But if someone's hurt, no, you don't have to help them. Mm-hmm. If there's an accident, if there's a crime, you don't have to report it as your, your civic duty, uh, you know, your, your sense of duty and, and decency, you might want to, but then you have to keep in mind, you'll have to appear in court. And a lot of people really are reluctant to do that. They're happy to point a finger, but then when it actually comes to them stepping forward and their name and their face being made public as the person who has called someone out, they, they shrink back. So if we have the state, essentially, uh, trying to enlist us as their surveillance agents, uh, trying to make it easy for us to send them uh, hours and hours of video uh, that, I guess, precludes them from having to set up their own surveillance cameras. I mean, is, but is, is that tantamount to, to much the same thing, do you think? Well, they, they do set up their own surveillance cameras, the city, the province, the police departments, and we don't know. And we never will know because as far as the police goes, that's part of policing and whatever they do is shielded from view. So whether it's that they have cameras or how long their internal policies say they'll retain the data, we'll never know because the access laws allow them to say nothing. So enlisting the public, well, they can certainly ask. They can encourage people. They can nudge and wheedle and coerce. But uh, without good reason, I'd ask everybody to shake their heads and say, do we really want this to be the way we live with cameras everywhere? And I notice it's only in the big cities. You go to Canmore, you go to Olds, you go to smaller communities. There isn't the constant scrutiny. There's certainly crime. There's certainly accidents. But they're not under the same level of monitoring. Right. Which, which... So if, if we're going if to if we're gonna set up this web portal or whatever it is to, to make it easier for people to send this information, questions around you know, how long we keep this video, who has access to it, what about other information on the video... Uh, all of these things. Is it possible to to have safeguards designed? Well, I'd love to say yes, except all systems and safeguards are developed by humans who who are not perfect, and what we create is not perfect. Then we get into the other side of things, where under the new Trans-Pacific Partnership International Trade Agreement and under the United States-Mexico-Canada Agreement, um, organizations, except for government itself, organizations are no longer allowed to say their information must be kept in a certain jurisdiction. So you can't say that when all the personal information is collected, it has to stay in Alberta. So it can go to the United States and be subject, of course, to their laws, not Canadian. Uh, As it is, Calgary now has a survey uh, to elicit information to be able to choose the next chief of police and the company that's doing it is in Australia and Australia has a law now that basically outlaws encryption and Australia and Canada are part of the five eyes that share information routinely so is it 
possible to assure anonymity or security? No, it's really not. So all the promises, it it, it might sound good. Um, you know, Alberta Liquor and Gaming and Cannabis says all your information is going to stay in Alberta. That's great, except it's an Ohio company running the online sales. Will it stay in Alberta? Will it be given to American law enforcement to be given to Canadian law enforcement? We don't know is the big problem. There is really very little accountability by public bodies, and there's a lot of um, not only misinformation, but ignorance among the public who don't even know what their rights are, much less their responsibilities. So we've got to do a, a much better job and uh, you know, bringing these things to light so people can inform themselves and then make an informed choice. Do I want to help the police by sending my dash cam video or don't I? I now know what the consequences are for me, for the people in the video. Yeah. then I can make an informed choice, not until yeah. then. All right, we'll keep a close eye on this story. Sharon, always appreciate the insights, and uh, thanks for making some time for us here today. Anytime, thanks. All Rob. right, take care. Sharon Polsky, President of the Privacy and Access Council of Canada, also a director with the Rocky Mountain Civil Liberties Association. 974-8255, uh, that's our number here. You want to join in on the text line or the phone lines? I'm curious what you make of, of this. Uh, should we be making it easier for people to turn their dash cam video over to police? Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.